my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by Andrew Beck. Uh, first time having Andrew on the show. He is a, uh, a founding partner at the marketing agency Beck and Stone. Uh, and it was a great chat. Uh, we, we covered the the potential demise of Roe v. Wade and the meltdown from the left and, and a bunch of other stuff. I, I think you guys will really enjoy our conversation. Before I get to Andrew, guys, uh, if you haven't already, p- please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, River Get Your Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an iTunes user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Andrew Beck. All right, guys, we're here with Andrew Beck. Andrew, thanks for coming on today, man. How have you been? So good to be here, Brady. I've been good. Good to hear that, my brother. So uh, we have a lot to talk to, to talk about today, as always. Um, for we got to start with with Roe v. Wade, obviously. For anybody who's been living under a rock, um, on Monday night, someone from the Supreme Court, um, more than likely a clerk for a liberal justice, more than likely somebody, um, my money would be on uh, Sonia Sotomayor's office, um, leaked a majority opinion from Justice Alito on the abortion case. Apparently, there are five votes to finally overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, Man, a lot to get to, obviously, a lot to break down. But first of all, the leak. Uh, This is the first time in history a SCOTUS opinion was leaked to the press. Obviously, this is wildly illegal. Um, It's wild times (laughs) to to be living in right now, Andrew. What do you you think, man? Well, that is the first thing. The first thing is how bad it is that somebody actually leaked this to the press. And that that right there shows that there is a there is a a loss of trust, I think, in our institutions. And there's there's somebody there's people out there who are wanting to accelerate that. And um, the 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 riots uh, that we're going to see happen, the social unrest, the protests. I mean, first of all, they, they were basically ready to go like five, 10 minutes after that funny. leak funny, happened. Fun, funny how that worked out, huh? They 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 they, they all of a sudden have you know a hundred protesters outside of the Supreme Court. They have barricades up. Why? That, that it's it's it seems extremely coordinated. I mean, the journalist was was on TV talking about the leak literally five minutes after the Politico <laughs> story dropped. Yeah. So there are there is there is some kind of coordinated campaign here. That is trying to influence the decision. That's what it's about. It's trying to get people upset. It's trying to get people all uh, animated about something that, frankly, in my mind, most people would be totally fine with overturning. Now, of course, political comes out with this poll. It says, you know, 50% of people support keeping Roe versus Wade as it is. Okay, great, 50%. But it's only something, and this is this is data now from like Pew, where it's only something like 20 something percent of Americans maybe support abortion without any restrictions. So the, 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 the decision 
that, hey, we're going to overturn this 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 ruling that forbids states that forbids local governments, really local people from deciding how they're going to be governed from saying, OK, hey, we are going to put this restriction on this thing uh, and then let that part of it go. That, that should be left up to the states. That should be left up to people who say, you, you know, I want to make laws that work best for uh, me. Now, I mean, of, of course, me personally, I would love to see a full ban, but that's probably not going to happen on a national level. It has got to happen on the local level. And people are trying to stop that. People are people want it to to say, no, you are forbidden from doing from from making any kind of law which outright forbids abortion. And and that's fascism. That's that is a uh, that is an undermining of our institutions, of our government and, 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 and striking at the foundations of the American system, which is the rule of law, which is the Constitution. It's just amazing to me, man, that I mean, this had to come from one of the clerks for one of the, the three liberal justices. And I don't know who else. Um, would have access to this information. Um, but, man, it, it's really emblematic of just the religious nature of the Democratic Party. I mean, they view abortion as a pillar of their religion. I mean, literal child sacrifice. Um, so, I mean, to, to leak something like this, that's, that's like the worst thing you could possibly do as a clerk. I mean, that's like, this is crazy. I mean, if, if the parties were reversed here, obviously the leaker would already be doxxed and arrested and their house would probably be burned down or, you know, whatever. You know how these people play ball, man. Um, but, I mean, this leaker surely thinks that he or she did nothing wrong because they're doing it for their God, their lowercase oh, oh, G God. They, they actually believe that they are being good and they are one of the good ones. And when you see the media reaction to it, it, it validates them. They they are being validated by the you know twenty something percent of people who 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 are who are wanting to impose their views on the vast majority. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the point of all of this obviously was to pressure, um, presumably Kavanaugh to flip and and support Roe v. Wade. Um, I mean, Kavanaugh's been pretty awful <laughs> thus far, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, you know, I. I hope and pray he remembers what the Democrats did to him and his family and, and holds fast. Um, also, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, man, I hope the conservative justices have top-notch security because there very well may be assassination attempts. I mean, they, they could be rioting at these, at the, at these people's homes. Um, the Democrats, over the last, you know, 48 hours, man, they are behaving like feral animals. I mean, they're completely unhinged. Like I said, it is religious in nature to them. Yeah. Um, and you probably saw the video of Elizabeth Warren, man, <laughs> oh, <laughs> right sure. right after this came out. And I'll, for anybody who missed it, I'll tweet it out uh, after the podcast is up. I mean, Warren went to the Supreme Court with the Democrat protesters and talked about how much she loves abortions. And, and, and th this woman, I mean, it was like it, it was legitimately disturbing. I mean, she was enraged. I mean, she, she was feral, man. <laughs> like, this was like a, watching a feral animal. It was, it was it was crazy. It was like watching a crazed religious zealot. And. But on the flip side, it's like I'm, I'm glad. Like, I'm glad the Democrats are showing the world who they are. It is, of course, disturbing to watch. It makes me uncomfortable to, to see my countrymen behaving in this fashion, obviously. Um, but as always, it's, it's good to know what we're up against. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, there's this place in me where I want masks to come off, where I want everyone to be able to choose sides and have it be very clear what side represents what. 
And if there's one side, which is we want the right. In fact, we even rejoice and we encourage the practice of killing your own children. And and that the the, the whole thing about the, the personhood of an unborn infant, uh, it's a fetus, so it's novel. You know, there's that that has pretty scientifically even over the last couple of decades been proven to to be not even relevant. They, they don't even want to talk about that side of things anymore. It's that this person is attached to my person and my person is more important and takes precedence over this person. And therefore, I can even kill this person. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is morally just and morally OK and frankly, even encouraged that I do away with this person who is attached to my body because my body, my choice and their has, body, my choice too. Has there been another issue that has gotten the Democrats this militant? I mean, honestly, I don't think, I don't even think they, they protested the Vietnam war in the sixties like this. No, I mean like this is their issue. This is a religious issue. It's a totem. I mean, this is like, this is a, a major part of their, their worldview, their, their personalities almost. I mean, it is it's disturbing, man. They they really pick the the slaughter of innocent children as the issue that they will go to bat for the hardest, with the most enthusiasm. Like I'm just trying. I don't I don't even think like the the racial stuff, like the equity stuff, minimum wage, you know, none none of none of these no. things. You know, like open board. Like I I don't think there's there isn't another issue that riles up Democrats the way killing children does. And and it is either one, they're very out of touch, as in they think this is still the feminism of yesteryear, where, oh, you're going to have this winning, you, you're going you're gonna to be able to rile up your base and draw enough people over from uh, the, the middle ground who would have voted Republican, but now they're going to vote Democrat because abortion rights, reproductive rights are on the line. And outside of a few coastal elites that were maybe turned off by the covid stuff and and some of what's been going on in terms of foreign policy they are correct okay yes those people are not you know they 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 too care very much about this this right that has been enshrined called abortion called 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 reproductive rights but the vast majority of people they, they, they don't, this doesn't affect them. First of all, there's a ton of people who frankly just don't care. And that's sad because I wish they would care. I think that they would be smarter voters. I, th I think that they would, for the most part, side with, hey, no, we're, we're not going to, we, we're, we're, we're not going to just let abortion happen without restrictions. Um, but, 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 but the Democrats are going in hard on it. And frankly, good going hard. Um, you know, let let people see what you really care about. And uh, the more they wig out, I think the easier it's going to be for uh, them. And frankly, you know, even any Republican who is still kind of on the fence about the issue, trying to play with nuance or weakness, really um, let them find out, let them find out what it what it means to not be not just, you know, tacitly pro-life but actually anti-abortion right yeah and look obviously the reaction from the left has been disturbing but like i feel like we don't take enough time on the right to celebrate <laughs> our victories and like holy crap man 
if this is true, you know, if if this opinion holds, and you know, somebody like Kavanaugh, somebody like that doesn't flip, holy crap, man! There's five votes to overturn Roe v. Wade. We've yeah. been one vote away. <laughs> that's what that's what the the media says, right? We've been one vote away from overturning Roe v. Wade for what twenty five years, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it, it's looking yeah. like it's finally going to happen, um, which is miraculous. And then you know, obviously, it wouldn't have happened without twenty sixteen, without Trump winning, appointing these justices. I, I spent a ton of time talking about how much I can't stand Mitch McConnell. I mean, I'm an anti-war libertarian for goodness sakes, but we do have to say, got to give the man a little credit. <laughs> His political maneuver in withholding the the nomination of a or, or the hearings for Merrick Garland in 2016 was the most brilliant political maneuver ever. Yeah, I mean that like literally could have changed the world quite quite literally with with that gamble. Uh, that took balls the size of bowling balls, man. I mean that that was that could have gone the other way too. I mean that could have failed, um, but it didn't, and here we are. So I mean, man, yeah. a, a lot of things that have been in motion for a very long time seem to finally be coming together and. I think it's okay to uh, to take a minute and celebrate that. Well, right, and and this is something we talked about before. But for how many decades has the has the right, you know, in particular Christians um, of all these various shades, I mean, backed re- Republicans not because they wanted to cut taxes or or something, but it's or you know. Uh, drop regulations, which of, of course is, is is nice. I mean, I don't like paying taxes, and regulations can sometimes be irksome. But the issue of abortion, they were saying we are the pro-life party. We are going to work on 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 fighting abortion, and that's why many social social conservatives went with Republicans, even if they didn't like some of the other things that they were going with. They were one issue voters and they said, that's it. Uh, you know, why, why they didn't back other candidates that, oh, you know, per- perhaps we could we, we could kind of like them. It was because they supported abortion. And I'm sorry, we just we just can't. We're the single issue voter. Yeah, 100 percent. Now it's it's it, now that it's actually happening. I mean, one there's a there's a place where you can say this is this is a victory. Now I don't believe in celebrating uh, until you cross the goal line. Right. You don't want to spike the football because that's really what what's happening right here is we're about to waltz into the end zone and you have somebody who's trying to throw a flag, saying there was a false start somewhere. Um, so so you know don't don't want to celebrate anything too early, but at the same time. I'm almost looking forward to moving on to the more, I mean, not pressing, but just diverse issues. The issues about foreign policy, the issues about monetary policy. Uh, let's let's talk about taxes and regulation and the welfare state and all these other things that conservatives could really throw their weight behind and get changes done, just like they were able to do with abortion. Yes, does it take time? Does it, it take decades even? Does it take political maneuvering, like you're saying with Mitch McConnell? Yeah, you need some people with ice water in their veins. Yeah. Um, and we didn't have that for a long time. There was plenty of opportunities where there could have been victories um, on all these different fronts. And the people who were put into office got weak knees or chickened out or just became turncoats. And yeah. and there's been a lot of that in the conservative um movement and 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 on that side of things 
And uh, so it's been uphill and it, it would be uphill with, of course, other issues, too. But seeing that you can win on such a large scale with such a massive um, mountain to climb and you you do climb it and you do fight uphill, it gives you confidence that you can do it elsewhere, yeah. that you can move on to other issues and find victory as well, even if it takes, yeah, 30, 40 years. Yeah, 100 percent. And I mean, it's just a, a reminder to our friends on all over the, the the right side of the political spectrum. Don't take the black pill, man. Like, I get it. I get that it feels like the walls are always closing in on us. I, I get that it feels like we have no power culturally or politically. I, I get that we're entering another recession. The economy's in shambles. There's a war in Europe and all that. You know, Biden created a literal ministry of truth to try to silence. The problem. I, I, I get that these are dark times, but do not take the black pill. Like, just because something's an uphill battle doesn't mean it's unwinnable. And another one, just a side note, I mean, like, uh, this is the example I give all the time. Like, look at the progress made on guns. I mean, dude, 20 years ago, the only state that actually had Second Amendment rights was Vermont. Something like mm-hmm. 700,000 people actually had Second Amendment protections. Now, uh, constitutional carry is the law of the land in, like, 26 states. There's, there's 150 million people now. Um, that that have legitimate Second Amendment rights, and that number was with 700,000 um, 20 years ago. So it's like, and and good Lord willing, Roe v. Wade is on its way out. I mean, these are massive wins, man. Like, if you go back 20 years and say, uh, hey, you're going to be able to carry a gun without permission from the government in, in 26 states in 20 years, nobody would have believed you. Nobody. Not, mm-hmm. not the most wild-eyed libertarian would have believed that was possible in such a short amount of time. So it's like, don't don't get discouraged. Don't take the black pill. There are victories that are winnable, and we're seeing it. Well, th- this is this is part of why the establishment wants control of media, wants control of universities, wants control of any fountainhead of information, because they need to not just ideologically form their foot soldiers. Um, there, there's there's a place where they have to discourage the opposition. It's not worth fighting. You, sh- you should just lay down your arms. Everybody's right. against you. You're in the minority. We're going to call you names. Uh, th- th- you're not you're not popular. This isn't popular. But then people and, and, and then people do lay down. People do just give up. Yeah. Whereas if you said, uh, you know, I am not going to just lay down. I'm going to stand here and, and, and going to hold to my convictions you'd be surprised at how many people then stand up with you. And, and, and then suddenly the, it is the institutions uh, of media and of power and of influence that begin to look out of touch and that begin to um, overplay. They become more uh, fascist in nature. They, 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 they have to break out things like ministry of truths in order to you know, not so much promote the truth no, they already have the the you know, media and, and 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 all that apparatus to promote truth. It is to fight. Yeah, and anything and that would contradict it. And it's it's not just a leadership. Too. I mean, obviously, it's it's having leaders that are willing to take a stand and just voters that are willing to take a stand. I mean, we've been on the right. It's it's been every major cornerstone issue. Republicans have for for generations say, "Well, this isn't the hill to die on." <laughs> oh, yeah. we're not gonna we're not gonna burn political capital on this one. It's like really, like that nothing. There's nothing that's happened that that you're willing to to die on that hill. I mean, like it seems like issues like abortion and war and the economy and you know like 
border security and and all these these are extraordinarily important issues and we've had leaders that refuse to engage for for literally quite literally generations decades and it's like you know if if i hear one more time one more republican say this isn't you know one more writer from dc from from national review or reason magazine or any of these people saying oh this isn't the hill to die on it's like well brother we're out of hills man like i, I don't yeah. i don't know like you can't just concede ground forever and you're gonna be pushed into the atlantic ocean <laughs> you know at the end of the day so it's like I, I don't understand you know why these people got away with that that loser mentality for for literally generations but we're seeing not just in politicians you know there are some some you know great people running for office you know here and there but it's it's the voters too it's like people are willing to hold their representatives accountable they're willing to talk about this stuff speak out about it online get involved um, for the first time in a long time. I mean, I, 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 I don't think that the Republican establishment will be able to bring back the this isn't the hill to die on culture anytime soon. I think those days are over, thank God. Yeah, yeah, so th- there's, a, there's an example from the American Civil War, and I always hate bringing up the American Civil War in times like these because I, I, I certainly don't want us to be in a civil war, but in a, a sense, there's, there's a... Um, there's always lessons to be learned from battle. Uh, and, and so the Republicans too long have been a sort of a George McClellan where, um, you know, he goes down, he, he forms this grand army of the Republic and marches him down to Virginia and just doesn't want to engage the Confederates and keeps bouncing around, um, you know, too afraid to commit his men to battle because he doesn't want to lose. He doesn't want to like lose what he what he has. And so Lincoln sends him a letter is kind of a you know, famous line now where he says, if you do not wish to use the army, I would like to borrow it for a few days. And that is eventually what led to McClellan being being replaced, being ousted. And, and of, of course, the Union had to go through several generals um, until they reached Ulysses S. Grant. And Grant was extremely unpopular in the press. We have to remember this, that they saw the losses on the battlefield and it was appalling. And, I, and, 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 and to just put it into perspective, if, if we saw that there were tens of thousands of Americans being killed on a battlefield, we would be asking some pretty hard questions. Who is doing this? Who is making these decisions? But um, Lincoln then again says about Grant, he says, I can't spare this man. He fights. And, And there's a place where conservatives, I think, have been looking for a Grant that for too long we've, we've had all these McClellans and we understand that we're somehow in this war that only one side is fighting. And they're 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 inflicting losses upon us, uh, and then we're not really doing anything in return. And that Trump, whether we like it or not, whether we liked him or not, whether he was beloved of the media establishment or of sort of the intellectual class, he fought. We said we can't spare this man because he fights. And even if Trump exits, even if Trump is no longer president or the head of the movement or or anything like that, there was this wake up call to oh, yeah. everyone yeah. that if you apply pressure, if you fight back, if you stand up, they will cave 
more easily than you think. Maybe that there was a bit of a paper tiger. Now, of course, the Confederates were not a paper tiger. Right. Um, but but I, I think that many times in the United States, at least where we're standing now, the elites, the establishment, they have a small minority of people who actually really are down with all that they're for and that they have to use their their institutions, their 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 influence in, in order to make everyone think that um, fighting isn't worth it. Yeah. I mean, have you seen and you know, whether Trump runs again or not, he's already had a profound impact on Republican governance. And you see this with Ron DeSantis, obviously, who I think is a, an absolute superstar. Um, it, but it's not just DeSantis. You know, he, he's a bomb thrower. He, he's never shied away from fighting the press and getting getting down and dirty and stuff. But you see other you see Doug Ducey out in Arizona si- signing a very similar thing, you know, anti CRT bills and all this stuff like that into law. You see a, a squishy establishment Republican like my governor, Mike DeWine. I mean he signed constitutional carry. He signed uh, a heartbeat bill on abortion, I think limiting abortion to eight weeks. Um, you know, and it's like nobody would have you think DeWine would have done either of those things <laughs> you know, five years ago? No way. He would have said yeah. this isn't the hill to die on, you know. Well, and it's, it, it, it's the it's the same thing with Greg Abbott here in Texas. Yeah, it's he made a distinct move to suddenly start to adopt things like constitutional carry, the abortion ban, the the this 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 new trans bill. Like suddenly, all these things start to just get done uh, after many years in Texas of sort of this this malaise, this, you know, inaction, people were too afraid to, to, to sort of go on, you know, one, one way or the other. And, and, you know, I'm not even talking about, um, yeah, like the, these, 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 these sort of cottage policies that only real conservatives will, will like, I mean, we're, we're talking pretty generally popular things that were simply not getting done in the legislature. Suddenly now they're all getting done. And, and, and I, I, I think sometimes that there is a good fear that can be imposed upon elected officials. Elected officials should always live in this perpetual state of fear, not fear for their safety or anything like that, but fear that they're going to lose their jobs. And that makes you pay attention. It makes you say, I am just a representative. I'm not a ruler. I'm a representative. And I want to know the, the, the people who I am representing. And it's up to the to the representative to hold them to that. If they are not doing things you want them to do, you have got to find someone else. You have got to vote them out. Yeah, absolutely. And and your your civil war analogy is perfect with Grant as well. But I, I want to hit you with another um, historical analogy, and I'll take it back a couple millennia before the civil war. Um, the Roman Empire, you know, pe- people like people look back on the Roman era and assume that the Romans just were this unbeatable military superpower. They, they were just more powerful than any of their adversaries, and that's why they're so dominant for over a thousand years. And that, it, certainly by, you know, first century A.D., when Rome had taken over the entire Mediterranean world, that was the case. But in in the Republic days, in pre-Republic days, that was not the case. I mean, they were, uh, they, they weren't, they didn't have complete military superiority over the Mediterranean like they did later on. Uh, there was a lot of bloody battles with the the Greeks and the Etruscans and the Carthaginians, and um, it wasn't that uh, the, the Romans did. They they updated the Greek phalanx and all of that. They they did have some tactics that that gave them a, a slight edge over their opponents. 
But they lost a lot of battles. Rome lost battles all the time. <laughs> they, they were feared not because of their superiority or their numbers. They were feared because they were relentless. You could, uh, you know, the Etruscans or, or the Greeks or whoever, could they could slaughter two entire Roman legions, you know, 10,000 men. And Rome would just raise another un- army and send them right back at your city the next day. <laughs> I mean, they, they were absolutely, they never played defense. They never retreated. They were never on their back foot. It was all offense all the time. And that's how the Democrats have always played politics here in the United States. I mean, they, they've been great about that forever. You almost, if they weren't such degenerates, you really have to respect them for it. But they, it's all offense. I mean, they never defend their positions. They never back down. All they do is attack, attack, attack. And man, after, six, what, 60 years of, uh, <laughs> of, of playing defense on the Republican side of the aisle, how about 60 years of Roman-style offense? Like, no more, like, yeah, we're going to lose, man. Like, yes, it's not going to be one Supreme Court victory after another. It's not going to be one electoral victory after another or cultural victory after another. Like, we're going to take some L's, man. Like, you're not going to just get dubs 24-7. We're going to lose. But we're, historically, when Republicans lose on an issue, they just kind of, like, go home. (laughs) That's it. Like, the movement disbands. Everybody kind of forgets about it. Look at the Tea Party, for instance. You know, people just take their ball and go home. Democrats don't do that. I mean, like, if they lose full sale on on abortion, you think that's going to stop them? You think they're ever going to stop fighting to kill innocent babies? No, of course not. They're going to redouble their efforts, and that's the mentality that we should have them on the right as well. You know, we're not going to win all the time. We're going to take L's, but it's like, just like the Romans did, they could have just retreated back to Rome, hid inside of their walls, and and waited another generation, but they, they never did that. They never did that. They would just raise another army, send them right back into battle. I think that's kind of how we—that's how the Democrats have always played this game, and I think that's how we need to play it as well. Well, and especially it works when you're outnumbered, and you say, okay, well, uh, rather than me sitting back here and and being afraid of, you know, the others coming at me— these these you know hordes of uh, you know unwashed barbarians, which of course that is eventually how Rome ended up falling, right? They 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 said we are going to build walls. We're going to build walls up up north. We are going to maintain a perimeter because we simply can't push any further. These these people are just too strong up here for us. Whether it was the you know picks and sort of sort of like the the uh, uh, you know people in Britain or whether it was a Germanic tribes, it was just, it, it, it was, it was saying, okay, we, we, we have now gone as far as we can and now it's time to play defense. And, um, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, 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 um, that's just the truth, right? That the best defense is a good offense. And, um, if, if, if people here in the United States say this isn't just about Democrats versus Republicans. It's not just about conservatives versus liberals versus progressives. There are things that people can gather around, people can unite on. This is stuff that's either for respecting of the human per- the, the human body, the human person, the, the human soul. Uh, this is something where freedom and liberty and prosperity and, and human flourishing matters where we are not um, this this um, this ghoulish, barbaric um, people, and we're going to have certain standards, but we're also going to leave a lot of it up to the individual. That's something that's popular. 
that's something that we don't have to worry about playing offense necessarily in that Roman sense of, you know, we, we this small minority need to be constantly sort of going onto the enemy's turf and hitting them. I think that people will be drawn. I think what's what's happening right now is that there's this great alignment re, uh, happening in American society where people are voting with their feet, quote unquote. People are are saying, I don't want to be a part of a place that does this. Um, and it is primarily people not moving from conservative states or lo- locales, um, at least conservative as, as, as we currently see this paradigm. They're moving from the progressive places. They're, they are moving from the bastions where, frankly, they've been failed. They've, they've been failed on, on multiple levels. But it comes from something deeper. It comes from the way they see a human person. Uh, it comes from a, a, the, the, the role in which they see the government and the elites uh, and, 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 and what the relationship is with the populace. And I think people are, are, are getting sick of it. I think you're going to have people who double down, who are going to say this is we're going to become even more uh, progressive, quote unquote, but really it's regressive. Uh, And then other people who say, I'm not down with this. I'm not down with this. And I'm I'm going to Florida. I'm going to Texas. Uh, Looking at this map uh, to just go back to the Supreme Court uh, decision, abortion is one of those issues where you can pretty clearly divide people in terms of how they feel about other issues. And and when you look at this map, I mean, New York, New York Times tweeted this stuff out, of course. It's like, here are 13 states who would ban a- abortion right away if Roe versus Wade fell. And it's got like this, 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 these, these two sections, right? You basically got Mormon land uh, up in like the north, right? Where it's like, you know, right. Utah, Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota, Idaho, and then you have um, sort of like Texas land, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Mississippi. The, they, 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 they all have these trigger laws, which would uh, mean that abortion is essentially illegal uh, as soon as Roe versus Wade is overturned. And yeah. when you look at all those states and you, you begin to see what other laws they have in the book. So who are the, the people there? Um that 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 they are holding to a certain point of view and when you go and you then look at the states that have the insane abortion laws like new york and california and washington you you say okay on other issues those people are also insane on economic issues you're insane on foreign policy issues yes you don't you don't think that states have foreign policy issues like trade absolutely they they do they're they are also insane so what will start to happen isn't so much that you're just either conservative or you're liberal or you're pro- or you're pro- progressive. It's going to be you want some semblance of sanity or you are OK with insanity. Yeah. And it's it's not the, the realignment. It's not just going to come from the places that you'd expect to. I mean, I'm sure you've seen a lot of the polling data coming out of the last few months about the Hispanic vote. I mean, Florida Hispanics are Republicans, brother. <laughs> Like it's it's crazy. I mean, like you just never know how these things are going to play out until another presidential election rolls around. You can really dive deeper into the polling, but it really looks like the Democratic Party has scared off a, a massive number of Hispanics, and even even in the African American community, you know, I, I'm not sure if they're willing to vote Republican yet. But in 2020, 
44% of first-time gun buyers were black. And, I mean, African-Americans are only 12.5% of the American population. So you're talking about, man, like a lot, a massive number, millions of, of black Americans looked at the, the race riots and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, for, all right, forget this gun control nonsense. I'm buying, a, I'm strapping up. You know what I mean? And it's like, the the Democrats, I, I, I really do think, have, have they've outkicked their coverage on a lot of these cultural issues. And I mean, oh, there's a lot of Catholic Hispanics, man. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of pro-choice Hispanics. The the, the frothing at the mouth, the, the feral behavior of Elizabeth Warren around, around surrounding the abortion issue is not going to help their chances. If anything, it's going to help Republicans. So, it's like, but I definitely do think you're absolutely right. And you know, we've seen. I I don't know if there's another state that hasn't done this, but it seems like most states. The, the blue states have already been on a trend of getting bluer. The red states have been mm-hmm. getting redder. I've, I've been watching it in Ohio the last 10 years. I mean, it was the bellwether state since the 1880s, right? It, they predicted the, the presidential election every four years since the 1880s. I think it was like Grover Cleveland's second run or something like that. But, but um, you know, it, it's now, you know, Trump won Ohio by 11 points in, in 2020, which was unfathomable. You know, Obama won it twice, right? So with a with Roe v. Wade going down, you could I think that's just going to accelerate, man. And it, it's not going to be all all you know all, all positive either. I mean, it's going to be almost impossible for a Republican to live in California in in yeah. 20 years. You know, it's going to be they're going to be taxed to death. You're going to be viewed by your own state government as enemies of the state. Uh, which I'm a libertarian. I'm fine with that. But but most people don't want to deal with that kind of heat. But like it's you know, so there are negatives as well. But like the the self sorting is going to escalate, I think, if this if Roe v. Wade actually goes down. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh, one of those markers. It isn't so much the only thing, but like I was saying, it it just signals that there's something else. There's something else going on here. There's there's something else that you. That, that, that is you know, represented. I mean, uh, just, just go back to the Rome example, okay? Rome had a brand, this, this brand, and, and they decided what it was going to be. We somehow represent, you know, civilization, being civilized, okay? This is our, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is our way Order. of doing things. It is the Roman way. And, you know, other people could, could become Roman citizens. Uh, you know, we're, we're the Romans and we build roads and we come in and we bring in law and order and, and, uh, you know, this, this this more decent, civilized society, this is something that people actually don't like to talk about with Rome. They like to bring up things like, uh, you know, gladiatory, uh, gladiatorial uh, uh, you know, fights and, and, and that there were this sort of like barbaric society that was wrapped in this somehow, uh, you know, pseudo uh, or, or, you know, fake dignity. But compared, well, just relatively speaking, compared to the people who they were subjugating, um, they were actually quite civilized. They, they, they actually had this civilizing element um, which which they brought to wherever they went. And, you know, people people would buy into the Roman ideal. They would buy into the Roman brand. Right. Ah, this is I'm going to become a Roman citizen. I'm going to I'm going to kind of get with the program. And in, a, in, in the same way, you're going to have these it's it's. There's there's the individual issues. I mean, I can remember your um, growing up in New York. People were leaving New York way before um, 2020, right? Um, the uh, things like the vaccine mandates that came in for public schools caused a lot of people 
to either start to homeschool their their kids. I mean, my my own homeschool group probably doubled in size. Um, I, th- I think it was 2019 or 2018 uh, when the vaccine mandates came in. Um, but then also, yeah, things like things like taxes going up, um, things like the decriminalizing of certain you know quality of life uh, crimes like loitering or urinating in the in the street. These things all begin to wear on people and the decline of civilized society becomes not so much something that is, oh, you're you're actively persecuting me. The government is actively persecuting me. It's it's more things are declining. Things are not well here. Uh, I I on a personal level, I on a day to day basis am feeling I'm feeling this friction between me and my surroundings, me and me and and my day to day. And that's been happening for years in in these in these blue cities and 2020 and how they handled the the pandemic. And and then, of of course, what we're now seeing uh, with this continuation um, of, of, you know, very progressive policies, uh, you know, these these uh, sort of experiments um, in, in human, uh, architecture, you are, you are only seeing it accelerate. You're, you're only seeing people make the decisions faster and more decisively than they were before. And Roe versus Wade coming down and the reaction to it is only going to put more gas on, uh, uh, on the, um, uh, put 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 more of a uh, foot on that gas pedal. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And uh, I'm, we'll we'll have to wrap it up here. I wanted to get to some of the the primaries from last night, but I'll save that for Monday's podcast. Well, one more Roman, one more one more point on Roman history. People think they look back at Rome and think it was just a, all of Roman Empire was just a bunch of like ridiculous degenerates. But very similar to American society, it was basically just the elites who were yeah. <laughs> these awful degenerate. You know, the, the way you picture like society in Rome, you picture just orgies and just all this ridiculous nonsense. It wasn't the common folk. It was the elites. It's very yeah. similar to how people live our lives here in America between the elites and, and common, normal, everyday Americans. Yes. Well, that, and, yeah, and, a tale as old as time, I suppose. Point. That they said that once the once the debauchery of the elites began to become popularized in Roman society, it was all over. Yeah, it was a decline. Yeah, because you said, well, okay, now everybody can kind of participate in this stuff, and there there's 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 historical data to suggest that the elites or the ruling class, whatever you want to call it, they are always going to enjoy more excess in in every aspect. Uh, right. than, than the rest of people. But once that excess begins to spread, okay, so sometimes the you know, excess of, of, of wealth, okay, well, people are now wealthier. They have more leisure time. They, there's, there's, um, there's more ability to purchase various delights uh, that is before only reserved for the elites. There's, the, a, 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 there, 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 there is that, increase of degeneracy and then the greater risk really um of decline it's it's something that i saw i think on staten island where and as, and so that's that's where i'm from uh, my family's originally from brooklyn uh, at least my dad's side and my mom's side is uh 
based in Texas. But um, but just what we saw, what what I think I saw from even just, you know, 20 something years of you have one generation, they're a certain way, they're still working, uh, they're able to own homes or maybe they have some kind of business or some kind of steady job. They're, they're getting married at, you know, in their in their early 20s. And then the, the next generation comes in and it's just a, a little a little later to get married, a, a little more, you know, rocky road there. Maybe there's some, you know, drug and alcohol. Um, they don't they don't own their home. They're, they're just, you know, renting outside of it. And then the next generation comes and then it is we we don't even have a job. And right. I I don't, you know, forget not not you know getting married and cohabiting. I don't I don't even have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I'm 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 you know single and I am now consumed by drugs, alcohol, uh, entertainment, uh, and and you know expect to be provided for either by my elderly relatives. So now you know I I, I you know don't even move out of my parents' home. Sometimes I don't even move out of my grandparents' home. I mean, on Staten Island, there's there's places where you have three families that are still living in the same home, like three yeah. generations. And it isn't because, oh, isn't that just so nice? They, 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 they want to take care of their elderly relatives, like in, for instance, uh, Chinese culture. No. It right. is the younger generations prey upon and live off of the older generation, who are the ones who made the money, who own the home, who, who maybe have some kind of welfare, and the other people don't don't want to work, don't don't want to go out and risk it themselves. See, degenerates ca cause uh, 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 you need to be constantly regenerating. You know, regeneration means some things are dying and other things are taking their place that are better. You're there's this there's this evolution that's happening. Degeneracy is when nothing is dying and nothing is replacing it. It is it's 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 um, it's stagnating. And I think that is what's uh, happening, not just in, in uh, you know, my beloved New York City, but in a lot of places throughout this country because they are provided for, quote unquote. You have the welfare state and you have a bunch of stored up wealth from the boomers that is now sort of seeping down, uh, you know, into the millennials and, and the, you know, Zoomers. Gen X had some of it maybe, but really... Um, the excess is 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 what is causing the degeneracy and pretty soon there there will be no more excess um and uh, then that's when you have true collapse uh you have collapse of society because there has been a collapse of the individual yeah a hundred percent and one of my favorite thomas jefferson quotes um he said right around the signing the time of the signing of the declaration of independence he said we will be soldiers so our sons can be farmers so their sons can be artists and uh, that's literally the story of my family. Both my grandfathers were in the military. My my grandfather on my dad's side was in World War II. You know, my dad worked a printing press, you know, over the last 40 years. And then I'm a professional musician and podcaster and writer. So it's like, I mean, that is like literally the story of my family, what, what Jefferson said. But I don't think Thomas Jefferson foresaw people just ignoring the value, the set of values that go along with that. You know, that, that works. Like, it's not bad that so many more people are artists uh and and white collar workers and, and and stuff like that in this in in our generation but that only works if you share the values of your parents and of your grandparents if you, you can't do that and ignore the the value you know the moral side of it or it all falls apart yeah that's the that's the bottom line i've seen people who come from wealthy backgrounds 
who, of course, people have the rich kid stereotype. But then I have people who I know come from wealth and they're some of the hardest workers. They will work when no one else is. They will go above and beyond money be damned. Um, my, my, my own business partner um, is, is somebody who is like that. And um, I've, I've then seen people who come from poverty, who come from nothing, and there's no desire to raise themselves out of it. It is simply you know, I must be catered to. You must give me things because I don't have. You must support me. And it's whether it's parents or relatives or whether it's society at large, um, entitlement isn't based upon class. It's it's based upon the values that have been passed down um, from 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 parents. You know, from authority figures, from mentors. Uh, and 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 these mentors are you know in institutions, they're in society, they're in uh, I mean you know entertainment, um, you know, sports, music, movies are 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 able to you know pass down values, and um, so so are you know, universities, churches, um, but it's it's it is more like the family. It is more the, you know your your own your own family unit, the real smallest, um, uh, you know, institution that there is needs to be one where values are maintained that you don't do this stuff for the reward. You don't do things for, for your own comfort. You do it because it's right. You do it because it is spiritually healthy for you. Not just, not just bodily healthy or, you know, economically healthy for, for, uh, the economy and, and for America. No, no, it's for, for your own good for your own spiritual benefit and health you should be maintaining these values in whatever state you happen to find yourself in whether you have a lot or whether you have a little whether you um were were, you know given 10 talents or five talents or one talent you should invest that in 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 order to get something out of it 100 percent. yeah absolutely man i couldn't agree more andrew my brother thanks for doing this man this is fun we have to do this again soon uh, where can everybody follow you online and keep in touch and all that good stuff? Okay, yeah, no, I mean, if, if uh, people want to follow along, really on Twitter is the only place that I'm really saying anything. So that would be Andrew Beck, USA. Uh, and and uh, yeah, um, really flattered to come on the podcast. I've listened to you for a little while now, and uh, I, I I hope you keep going. This is this is uh, fun, and I think we we need more, you know, just honest conversations about this stuff just more regular people talking. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That is the goal. Everybody follow Andrew. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.